Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you enjoy the Girl Dad Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe the relationship between a daughter and her father is one of the most important relationships a young lady can have. And therefore, my mission is to promote the daddy-daughter relationship by sharing the voices of girl dads to the world. So check out our podcast on every platform where podcasts can be listened to. And if you want to watch the podcast, check us out on our YouTube channel. Again, that's the Girl Dad Discussions Podcast with your host, Ernest James. Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in uh, to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, Make sure that you listen, like, subscribe, and share to our podcast on our YouTube channel. Definitely on on all the places that you can hear us. Uh, We are on um, Audible. We're on, of course, YouTube. We're on Spotify, you know, and different uh, podcast platforms. Make sure you guys are checking us out. Um, Again, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Uh, Also, make sure that you guys are checking out our websites, um, our business website for our full business website is the dealhealfulfill.org, dealhealfulfill.org. Make sure you're checking us out there. You find out everything that we have going on, including um, being able to have me come out as a speaker or a workshop to do workshops with you guys. Also, we have virtual workshops that's uh, also going on. You better find information about that and also about our other products that we have going on, including if you go to ebooksbyejames.com, you'll see uh, the ebooks that I have available. Um, Again, we are a self-sustained podcast. So uh, the way that we stay on the air is by you guys supporting us. So definitely, I encourage you guys to go check out the ebooks that we have and also the Deal to Heal Teas on Shopify, which is our inspirational teas. So put some inspiration in your situation, wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Again, thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. So, 
today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest right now, Mr. Terrence. How you doing? How you doing, man? Appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem, no problem. First of all, let me say thank you for being here. Thank you for being on. Because you could have been uh, anywhere doing anything else, but you took our time uh, to be here with me and my listeners, and we definitely appreciate it. So let's jump right into it. Do me a favor. Introduce yourself uh, to my audience and let them know who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so um, Terrence Tillman, uh, a.k.a. T-Till, um, you know, certified life coach, speaker, work, workshop facilitator, podcast host, you know, um, do a little bit of everything. I have a merch line as well, you know, so kind of like you, where it's all geared towards positivity and, and affirmations and things like that. So I do a little bit of everything, but most importantly, it's all about impact. So just want to make an impact wherever I can. That's it. That's it. And um, so, uh, first of all, uh, I don't remember exactly how we met I don't, I don't remember exactly how we met but i had the i had the uh pleasure of being on your podcast um and definitely uh by the time this is coming out that episode probably will be out so y'all probably yeah. be able to catch me on um uh conversations of the heart right yes sir conversation of the heart with tito and uh yeah yours will be coming out probably in less than a month so uh yeah stay tuned all right, all right. So definitely, by the time this come out, uh, it should be way uh, well out, you know. Um, by the time because we're recording. So, um, man. So first of all, we even when we when we got on, uh, before we even started your podcast, you know, we got on uh, just to chop it up and have a little conversation to kind of uh, get to know each other. Before we probably was on about an hour, you know. Yeah. Before we yeah. even uh, scheduled a podcast, so it was like, all right, we got to actually <laughs> record this thing, record. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we definitely had some some good conversation. I wanted to uh, kind of bring some of those conversations here, you know, uh, to this platform um, because I think that as I was definitely trying to add some value to your listeners, I definitely understand it and got to know that you know you would definitely add some value to the listeners of the Deal to Heal with E. James uh, podcast listeners. And um, so do me a favor. Let's just go back. Um, you know, of course, I, you know, you mentioned you are a, a, a podcast host, you know, uh, also a, a coach, you know, a life coach and things like that. So, but before you were who you are, you know, mm -hmm. it was a journey. You know what I'm saying? So let's go back a little bit and tell us a little bit of who you were before, you know, and what was the, you know, or at least one of the incidents that helped you or was the turning point in your life to say, you know what, I'm going to go, you know, start coaching and actually, you know, helping others become positive and, and bringing that positive message that you have now. Yeah. So it's always been in me and I, and I think I got it from, from my mom, you know, I've, you know, growing up as a kid, I, I watched her pour into a lot of people, you know, whether it be her church friends, her 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 work friends, people that she didn't even know, strangers that she would see in the mall. Like I would go with her to the mall and she would strike up a conversation with strangers and like start pouring into them, you know, and to see their reactions. So, you know, I've been around that for a long time. And uh, growing up in high school, I was the kid that people went to, to talk to. Terrence, can we talk? Yeah. And I'm like, OK, let's talk. You know, I it feel like, you know, at the young age of 14, 15, 16, I'd be counseling people for hours on the phone, too. You know, and, you know, my mother wasn't too happy about the phone bill and tying up her line back in the day. Um, but, you know, that's what I was doing, you know, at a very young age. And that transitioned into, you know, just a sales, excuse me, a sales career, um, you know, and then kind of just working my, my way in the corporate world and various different companies. And um, and and but really kind of feeling a little un unfulfilled, right? But I was making money, you know. So right, so, right. so I was rolling with it, you know. And and sales can be grueling in any company that you go to, um, but it's hard to take yourself away from the money. Right. And I remember, in you know, but I always had this passion for helping people. So no, no matter what I did in a nine to five. I was always the one that people called for advice and things like that. But, you know, that's, that's just who I was, you know. But then in uh, 2013, my mom had a 
brain aneurysm and you know going through that process and taking short-term disability so i can be with you know my mom and my dad because also at the time my dad was doing chemo at the same time that uh my mom was you know in the hospital with the brain aneurysm so it's just like you know just needed some 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 time so after all of that i come back to work and about maybe about a week and a half later i get laid off you know um i'm like wow right you know i put in you know some 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 time with this company and i'm i'm like wow like okay my parents got sick and now right when i don't need to get laid off i get laid off right. um you know at, the, at this point you want to be you know somebody that can support your parents you know financially emotionally just be there you know so i was like man this this is not ideal you know and at this point i'm upset of course just going through the motions and um start to really think about what i really wanted to do in life you know, at this point, I had some time. You know, I'm I'm in the hospital 24-7 at, at this point with my parents. Um, and I'm home, right? Looking right. for work. I got a lot of time. And, you know, at that point, I'm like listening to a bunch of motivational speakers. Like I'm trying to keep myself up because I just lost my job and it really sucks to see my parents in their condition. And so, you know, I started to go to some of these seminars and some of these motivational talks and in live, and I would drag some of my friends with me one particular friend um i would drag with often and she's like one of my best friends and and one day i i, I said listen like come you know just come with me and she's like i've been to so many of these motivational talks with you and 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 listening to other people and she said don't don't invite me to another one until your name is on the bill mm. i said what do you mean like i said what are you talking about like my name on the bill like i'm not like I'm looking for inspiration. She goes, you've been inspiring people for years. You should be up there. You should be doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ain't no way. I said, no, nah, I'm good. Right? But <laughs> going home, thinking. And I said, wait a minute. Maybe I could do this. I don't know how I would do it, but I love doing this. Right? But it was more so with people I know or people who would just say, hey, well, call my friend Terrence. He, he, and he could help you out, you know. So, but I, so that's kind of how I got my start. You know, next thing I know, you know, um, the first thing I had to do um, is get over certain things. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't confident. I was confident in my abilities to help and change people's lives. Right. But when it came to strangers. I wasn't confident simply because I had a speech impediment. So I said, I can't go up there talking. You crazy. I'm going to get online and start talking. I'm going to go to whose auditorium am I going in talking? I had, you know, I had a stutter. I had a bad stutter since I was three years old. Like I, that's just always been what it was, you know, um, you know, but you know, I made the choice. Then I said, you know what? I went to speech uh, therapy when I was a kid and um, didn't work <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, you know, so me speaking in public terrified me to no end. It terrifies most people. Yeah. But when you have a stutter and you've been made fun of, you've been ridiculed. I mean, you know, back in the day, it's not how it was, you know, now back in the day, you get right. stepped on in a minute. I'm from New York City. It's on a popping. Like, right. so through elementary school, high school, college, like, it's just, you couldn't get me to go up there. School project, I'll do the project from A to Z, please. <laughs> but I'm not presenting nothing. Like, that's just how it was, you know. Um, so I knew there was a big barrier in front of me that I had to try to get over. You know, so uh, first step for me was trying to get over my speech impediment. I didn't know how. I didn't know where to start. You know, start researching things online and how can I, how could it help me? You know, and then I really started to pay attention to myself. When do I start? When do I stutter the most? And what parts, right? And then, you know, going through these things, I started to find out that a lot of it, for me, it was very emotional based. If I'm too excited angry uh positive or negative i really stuttered a lot anxiety if mm -hmm. i knew i was going to speak 
my heart is going a thousand beats per minute. I got hot sweat going down the back of my neck. And I knew as soon as somebody called on me to talk, I was going to mess it up. (laughs) And I I did. I messed it up worse. So it was now was, all right, so so how can I change this? The way I speak, how fast I speak. Because whenever I'm angry or I'm happy, I'm fast. I stutter a lot. So I literally had to retrain how I spoke every day. Probably about two and a half years. I just retrained everything. And then once I got it of what I need to do or how I need to speak, and once it became a little bit more natural to me, then I said, okay, I'm a little bit more comfortable with this part of myself now. It seems like I don't stutter as much. It seems like I got something here. Let me go and start making these videos. Mm. Yeah. So and you started then, doing uh, uh, YouTube videos? like more no, I videos? first started on IG back when it was like 15 second clips. I okay. think it was like, it was, you know, you just had to do, you got 15 seconds to make a video make it count and (laughs) so i so now imagine i have a new way of talking and i have to get my message out in like 15 seconds but when i speak fast you're gonna stutter i didn't i didn't calculate this in my head as i was doing this process (laughs) and so frustration because now i'm doing like a thousand takes for a one 15 second clip right for two hours just to get one message out and it was so frustrating um very frustrating um but i started to do it i messed up a lot i stuttered um but i put it out anyway you know and the interesting thing is people online could be very judgy and the one, the one thing I used to do when I first started, and, and I never took it down. I never took my first uh, videos down. I wore sunglasses. People thought I was doing it to be cool. Truth is, I was doing it to hide myself. Mm-hmm. Because I was stuttering and I was embarrassed and I knew I would mess up. But that made me comfortable a little bit because I felt people couldn't really see me, even though they were looking at me. Yeah. And I remember people in the comments, oh, he thinks he's so cool. Look at what he's wearing sunglasses. And I'm like, oh, man, if you only knew it was because I'm trying to hide, bro. I I just didn't want to be seen because I was embarrassed. Real talk. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I kept those videos up on YouTube. People could probably still find them. They're on Instagram. You could probably still find them because that's where I, that's where I started. Right. And And honestly... At some point, people started to pay attention to more of the message than the stutter. Yeah. And once I started to realize that, then I started to gain a little bit more confidence, you know. And thankfully, IG switched it from 15 to 30 seconds. Thank you, IG. Right. Um, <laughs> that 15 seconds was killing me. And and so, you know, so then what I started to gain a little bit more confidence. And um, then, you know, as far as work went. I said, you know what? Let me get out of sales. So I went into not the nonprofit sector, and I became a, a job developer and a job readiness trainer. And pretty much, what that I took that job also because it forced me at that point to be in a room teaching a class five days a week, training uh, people on how to get jobs, uh, interviewing te- techniques, um, self motivation, motivating just everything working in that nonprofit sector. So I said, I'm gonna take this job because it's gonna challenge me to now be in front of a classroom five days a week. If I wanna do this other work outside of my corporate job here, then I, if I wanna talk in auditoriums, theaters, wherever, I gotta get in front of people. Right. Because it's one, it's one thing to, to do this and you're on a phone or you set it there and you're talking to people, there's nobody really watching. You're pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen? I'm in front of people with this speech impediment, right? And with this new way of talking, 
how is my nerves going to react? How's my anxiety? How is how how am I going to react to this? And so I purposely took that job because I wanted the challenge. And um, it was an amazing job. Um, but it, and it really helped me propel myself. Now, when I said, hey, listen, I want to talk at your nonprofit. I want to talk in your school. But once people saw me online, they start taking me a little bit more seriously. And said, oh, you're, doing, you're taking this really seriously. You want to talk? Okay, cool. So we have this nonprofit. Come talk. We, you know, working with different sororities and fraternities. Hey, you want to talk? Come on, right? Different universities in New York. Oh, come on over. Right. And I'm like, I'm getting, now I'm talking. To, I, and now it's like, I would have never in my life, if you would have asked me, would you ever in your life be speaking to people publicly? I would have told you, I would have bet every last dollar cent I had, that would be the last thing I would do in my life. The last thing, you know, um, but here I am, you know, um, started that and then it went further. You right. know, then I said, I, I want to coach. And then right. that's when that happened. So. That's kind of a little bit about journey. They mean to be so long with it, but right. <laughs> well, I, I, I expected that already, you know. <laughs> but I, I want to go back. First, one thing I want to mention: uh, you mentioned about your friend kind of telling you, you know, to to get out there more or less, and 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 I always like to hear that because it was it's it's funny sometimes how people can see things that you can't see in yourself. You know, mm -hmm. and and one of the things that that I did um, was became an assistant pastor, right? I was assistant mm -hmm. pastor, and um, one of the, I was a associate minister at a church uh, mm -hmm. for some years, and then one of the other associate ministers um, felt the call to to start a, a church and asked me to go with him. Um, mm -hmm. But even before that, it was several different pastors. You know, or preachers, should I say, had came to me, and even some pastors had came to me and asked me to, you know, to come join them, you know, with their with their ministries and things. And you know, at the church that we were at, you know, with like I said, I was a social minister. Maybe at its highest, probably maybe been like 10, 15 of us, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, ministers, you know. And so out of yeah. the whole thing. You know when when everybody would speak and and have their chance to to preach on on different Sundays and things like that. To me, you know, just watching the presentation of you know those who the you know my peers should I say, I'm mm -hmm. like yeah you know I'm I'm not I'm not them you know <laughs> I don't present right. the way that they present, but yet you know some of them and either others was coming to me and asking me to join them. And so I'm like, man, it must be something that I don't see, you know? And I know even in one of the conversations that I had with uh, a friend of mine who was a, a, a preacher and, be, and became a pastor, you know, he kind of reaffirmed that because I told him, I said, man, you know, I've been asked and, you know, I, I don't really, you know, I don't think I'm, you know, all that or whatever. And then he was like, no, you can't see what other people see in you. You know, and so like your mm. friend, you know, seeing that in you and putting that in your ear to to go ahead and step out there. And even with me, with the podcast, I was a guest on uh, someone else's podcast and it was them that said, hey, I think you should have your own podcast. You know, that put that buzz in my ear. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, to Josh Ashford, you know, and um, mm -hmm. I actually had him on when I got when I started the podcast. I had him come mm -hmm. on as as one of my first guests. So definitely those conversations with you know your your people who, like I said, see something in you that you don't see in yourself, and and can speak into you to step out there on that faith and, and to start, you know, what it is that uh, could turn out to be your your calling. You know, very true. Mean? Uh, it's so, very true. I, I, I don't think I'd be, I, I don't think I'd have a podcast or coaching. Like it all stemmed from that, that word. It all stemmed from that, that birthed everything that has happened since, you know, so shout out to yeah. Tanya on the scene for that. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So I, I want to go back uh, to, to one of the things that you said, because one of the things that um, we talk about, uh, uh, we, we talked about before on, on your podcast and, mm -hmm. you know, coming in, in, into it, you know, we're dealing with 
men and, and you deal with, with therapy and, and with mental health. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to talk a little bit about that uh, with the mental health part of it. And also talk a little bit about grief, you know, because mm -hmm. um, we've had the conversation, you know, yeah. uh, on a podcast. I've definitely mentioned about me losing my mom, you know, and you uh, losing your father. And mm -hmm. um, like I shared with you at the time of we were recording this, we just buried one of my aunts you know, yeah. who, who passed away. And so, you know, even with, with all of that, first of all, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, mental health in, in men, you know, mm -hmm. because it's not something that we hear about a lot. It's not something that we share too much, you know? So how important is it, you know, from, from your point of view for us, just as men, first of all, and then as a, you know, community at whole, but definitely as men to be able to, you know, come to grips with our, our mental health. Um, it's super important. You know, um, we have a lot of pressure, you know, um, that's on our shoulders. And then also we have a lot of ego, uh, as well. Right. Um, and, but for mental health, I mean, when, when you look at the suicide rates, they double with women. Right. Um, and so for us really understanding what mental health is, um, understanding our triggers and understanding what grief is um is crucial to our mental health yeah. you know and not being ashamed of getting therapy you know um i grew up a church kid you know and sometimes back in the day was that was shunned upon especially in, in in the church you know um and then in the community too on top of that you know it's why are you going to see a therapist you know you quote unquote crazy you know like what's wrong with you you know things like that you know but now that now that we're older now, now that we have understanding like it's super important to understand therapy is for everybody. It's not for a particular gender. It's not for a, you know has you know has to be any any other race. It's it's genderless. Is it's it's doesn't matter your race. We need therapy, man. Um, we've been dealing with things since we were born. A lot of uh, especially in, in our own community, a lot of us you know were born in in the red, especially when it comes to mental health. Born into poverty, you know. Born you know single parent households. Um, you know, trauma, like born into just different different situations. And we pride ourselves in being overcomers and, and we fight and that's amazing. But now, you know, it's time, like you said, it's time to heal, right? You know, it, gone are the days that we could afford to gloss over mm -hmm. the trauma. We can't gloss over the trauma anymore. Those, like, those days have to be over because you end up passing it down to your kids. And then they end up passing it down to their kids. You know, like we don't talk about things. What happens in this house stays in this house, boy. Right, right. What? What? Like it does it, but that never is the truth because the trauma gets passed down and it spreads to, to the different households. Right. So, right. you know, we we've got to, especially as men, we, we've got to create different safe spaces just like this, right? Um, no, the other hill podcast, right? We got to have safe spaces like this that we can come on and be able to express and talk and be open about real life. Now what's on social media, you know, but what's in real life? Because everybody's balling on social media. Everybody has good credit on social media. Everybody's been, <laughs> been married for 45 years on, on social media. And everything is so glamorous, but we just see the highlights. We don't really see the real. We don't, yeah. you know, so like it, it's really crucial for us. It's crucial for our com community and, you know, um, really understanding grief too. That, that grief, right? Grief is something different. Yeah. yeah. But so uh, before we get on grief real quick, I, I wanted to go back to something that you, you just mentioned about actually two things. First of all, men going to therapy and then also mm -hmm. um, passing new traumas on to our kids. Right. And so just recently, uh, uh, I released or I started releasing, you know, the episodes from my, my other podcast, which is uh -huh. the Girl Dead Discussions podcast. And my first guest uh, was a gentleman named uh, uh, Theran Peterson and uh -huh. uh, his child. He so he was having his first child, which was a girl. So brand new father, brand new girl dad. And one of the things that he said was since the birth of his daughter, he's been going to therapy because he didn't want to pass any traumas down to her. So Beautiful. him and his wife 
you know, has started going to therapy to deal with their own, you know, uh, issues or whatever, so they wouldn't pass it down uh, to mm-hmm. their daughter. And so I was told him, you know, definitely proud of him, you know, especially yeah. as a new dad to even think of that, you know what I mean? Uh, to be like, you know Thank what, you. let me, let me get this straight, you know, so we don't pass this down uh, to, to his daughter, you know? Mm. Um, so I was, I was wanting to touch on that. Uh, definitely guys check out um, the girl dad discussions podcast. So, um, but then mm. even outside of that, you know, we also, like I mentioned, we are talking about grief and I know I've talked about, you know, uh, losing my mom on the, on the podcast and going yeah. into uh, depression with that. And, you know, even to the point of having suicidal, you know, ideations and things like yeah. that. And, and, and also, you know, with you losing your father, you know, how, what kind of effect did that have on you? You know, I'm, I'm not sure what age you were, you know, at that yeah. time, but mm-hmm. what kind of effect did that have on you? And how did you even come to deal with some of the grief that you were doing, you were going through at that time? And, you know, it was 2016. So we're looking at about seven years ago, right? Um, so I was about 31, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I didn't really acknowledge the grief. You know, I think, um, you know, I think I had a moment at the funeral. And then after that, I went into protection mode for, for my mother. You know, from, from, from me, I said, I told this to myself. I said, you know, they were married at that time, 43 years. So I said, look, I know how things go, especially the older people, you know, people getting older. One goes, God forbid, another one goes shortly after. So I put it on my shoulders. I said, if if my mom dies, it's, it's, it's my fault. It's my responsibility to make sure that she's good emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like put it all on me. It is what it is. And I went into that mode, which truth be told, I couldn't, I couldn't really help. Like, you know, that it's, 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 it's such a burden in a sense of like putting that on you. Like if somebody dies, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's your fault. Right. But looking back on it, it's like, if it, God forbid that did happen, I, it, it wouldn't have been my fault. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the time, that's the mode that I was in because I didn't want to lose another parent. And right. so I was doing everything I could, you know, trying to fill my dad's shoes as best I possibly could. Right. You know, being, you know, just, just being there and whatever she needed. And sometimes I had to be, you know, uh, tough, you know, even on her with certain things, you know, um, show compassion. I had to be her, her therapist at the time. Cause, you know, black folk don't believe in therapy a lot, especially the older folks don't believe in therapy, mm-hmm. right? So I I would get her everything, her anger, you know, her sadness, and sometimes, you know, it would be like we we bump heads a lot, you know. At the time, you know, we were always super close, and but at that but at that time, it became a thing of our mother son dynamic became a little strained because of everything else that had to get done. Mm-hmm. And um, and so for like for like three years, you know, that's that was the mode that I was in. Um protect mom, try to save her from herself. She's grieving right. hard. You know, I don't know what it's like to lose somebody that you've loved for 43 years. Well you married 43, but you with them longer. Right. right? So she's going through a lot. And so I didn't really acknowledge my own grief. That was to the side. You know, then I think then my mom moved um, to, she moved away. Well, she moved with my, my older brother who, and they, they, they're in the A, ATL. And, and, and so, you know, at that point, um, you know, I think that's when I started to begin to feel it. Because it was just, at, the, at, at that point, it, it, it was just me. Right. Right. And then the pandemic happened. Got laid off from, from my job. Everybody almost got laid off in the pandemic. Right, right. If if you wasn't an essential worker. And um at that point, when you have to sit in the stillness 
then everything starts to come. And then I think that's when I said, oh, I've never grieved this part, you know, of my life. Never did. And it was 20. So we're talking four years later. When everything starts to hit, when I'm still, I don't have mm-hmm. to, I, I have nobody to almost really look after like that, you know, um, take care of like that. Um, it's, it's, it's sitting there, just me really like that, you know, um, and I'm dealing with a lot. I'm in the pandemic. Now we got, the, you know, at that point, we got George Floyd things going on. We got the mm-hmm. pandemic things going on. We can't go outside. And I'm sitting there with my thoughts. And, um, and then I, at that point, you know, I started to research a lot about grief, you know, I started reading books. Um, and, um, one of the most amazing books, um, by Megan Devine is, it says, it's okay that you're not okay. And that, that book changed my whole life on grief and my whole perspective on it. And, 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 and how grief isn't just for death, you know, and I'm like, man, like, that's so profound because sitting here angry about the George Floyd stuff. I'm incensed about the George Floyd stuff. I, I'm at, I'm outside in the protest. There's COVID going on. I got masks on. I mask on. I'm, I'm protesting. I'm angry. I come home, think about my dad. I don't, I don't have my dad. My mom has moved. My mom has moved away. It's, you know, it's, it's me, right? And, and, you know, that was a time but it taught me a lot because I had to sit with it. I couldn't overwork it. I couldn't outwork grief. I mm-hmm. couldn't, cause I, I wasn't working, you know, right. you can't out drink grief. You, it, you can't sex it away. You can't, it, it's, it's not going to happen and it's not going to work. And so I, I had to really deal with it. Um, And so, yeah, you know, then, you know, just going to doing my own individual therapy. Right. Helped a lot too. Um, that helped a whole lot, you know. Um, but it's a process and it's it's different for everyone and it looks different for for the different people that you're grieving. It looks very different too. Yeah. So not, it's not the same. Yeah, and and I and like I said, just recently, you know, uh I, I just buried one of my aunts. You know, and I was having a conversation with with uh, someone else the other day who was saying, you know, when you lose certain people, it, it changes you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I remember losing my my grandmother, you know, and that mm-hmm. definitely was a, a, a big change, you know, in mm-hmm. my life. And but when I lost my mom, it changed everything, you know, even even my sense of compassion, you know, somewhat towards people. You know, it's just like that. That loss of a parent is is a it's a different monster. You know what I mean? And and yeah. God forbid, I, I haven't had the experience of the loss of a child. You know, um, but definitely that that loss of a parent kind of changes you. You know what I mean? In in a way that you know, uh, losing some other people or like you said, some other things because grief, you know, and loss just doesn't you know, uh, pertain to death. It became to, right. it pertains to anything that you, you know, is taken away or that you lose is through, through some, uh, yeah. uh, instance. And, um, but it just, it just changes you, you know, uh, in a, in a different way than I think, uh, some other things do, you know? Um, but even with that, you know, man, and, and I know you mentioned about, you know, us, especially as men doing a therapy and I definitely, uh, advise anybody and everybody, you know, to, to do some therapy. And then, especially if you're dealing with grief, you know, I, I definitely um, would ask that you check out some bereavement, you know, some bereavement uh, therapy, some bereavement groups, um, because that's what I did when I went through uh, the loss of my mom and, and dealing with that. Actually, my mother and my uh, mother-in-law at the time who had passed away before my mom did, you know, who I was very close to. And so those two deaths, you know, back to back, was hard on me, you know, and uh, it was yeah. that bereavement therapy that really helped me out. Um, and so much so that I started, you know, became a volunteer and, and started doing it myself, you know, to uh-huh. bring it to the community, you know, even at, at the church. Um, so I definitely would uh, encourage anyone, 
that's dealing with any type of, of grief and definitely loss of a loved one to not only take get some therapy, but definitely get some bereavement. Um, but one of the things I, I like that we're having this conversation because, you know, we talked about, you know, creating these safe spaces for men uh, to be vulnerable, you know, for us to be able to, to communicate with each other. And I think that, you know, uh, we need it. And it takes those of us who have the the courage or the the know the uh, the know how to uh, create and promote these spaces for us to be able to have these conversations. Because if we don't, then we won't, right? And I always right. have to, when I'm talking to guys, I'm like, you know, I'm very open about the thing. Or when I'm talking to anybody, but definitely my guys, you know, I'm very open about the things that I've been through as far as you know, even my thing with uh, with grief. And uh, something like that, because I want us to be able to have the, the conversations, right? And I want us to have it. So when we talk about uh, being vulnerable, you know, how big is that for you? And how important do you think that is for us as men to be able to have that safe space? Yeah, I mean, vul vulnerability is power. You know, um, it's one of the most bravest things that I think that you can do, you know, uh, is to be vulnerable. You know, because no matter what you're going through, you know, it's a it's a point of admittance. Like, I am sad. I am angry. I'm frustrated. I want to cry. Right. I want to cry. I want to. I want to feel right. And so normally for 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 men, the only acceptable emotion that we can do is anger and have is anger um, because that's manly. Right. Yeah. You like Then, you know, but by then it could be too late. You know, people put themselves in bad situations when they're angry, end up in jail, right? Yeah. Road rage. I mean, different scenarios, right? You could hurt somebody, hurt yourself, right? But it's like, we've got to get to a point that we could be open and honest with our fellow brothers, you know, and just say, bro, I'm going through it. Because as much partying as I've done it, when I was in my teens and in my 20s, never really went to my boys and be like, yo, I'm going through we could be at the club and we could be partying and doing this drinking you know or or even if it's watching football basketball whatever the case is and we having barbershop talking we arguing about who's better lebron or mike but then you go home shell of yourself and you go home angry sad still having the same issues and problems you know so i always told my my friends i'd rather you come to me and talk to me because i'd rather you do that than me looking at you in the box. Right. Because it's important. If we can go out and have fun, then you should be able to come to me and talk about real life and real yeah. life situations, you know? Um, because the thing about vulnerability, vulnerability and grief go hand in hand. Because if I could be vulnerable with you about my grief, that helps me a lot. Because people think grief is just meant for a loss. But what I've learned at my age, and I got a little gray in my beard now. So at my age now, <laughs> and I mean, recently somebody told me something and I'm going to connect it back to the vulnerability piece. Somebody told me something and it blew my mind and I had to sit and think about my life. Because he said, Terrence, you've been grieving for 25 years. And, I, and now, mind you, this was a conversation I had with somebody who I decided to be vulnerable with and open with. And when he took my story, and he said, look, you've, he said, at four years old, your mom had breast cancer. You, that's when it started. When you were four, your mom had breast cancer. She was 40. And the high school your dad gets lung cancer. Has to have one lung removed, don't know if he's gonna live or die. Hmm. Then your mom gets severe diabetes. Then your dad gets leukemia. He beat lung cancer just to get leukemia. So at this point in life, you're watching your dad go through rounds of chemo, rounds of radiation. You're watching your mom suffer. Your mom has an aneurysm. You watch her almost die again. Okay, cool. 
Then after that, two years later, your grandmother dies. A year after that, your father dies. And now just last year, my mom had two strokes and she's in the facility now with she's half of her body's paralyzed and she's immobile. Your whole life you've seen the two people that the most important people in your life mm-hmm. suffer endlessly. Hasn't really been a break. And you wonder why you're feeling the way you feel. In 2018, I was physically ill. 22 years after my dad passed, physically ill. Went to emergency room a bunch of times, had a bunch of doctors, test. They have the test, I did it. Whatever test you could possibly think of, I went through. Not one diagnosis came back that I had something. Grief can manifest in, in various different ways. Stress, grief, all these things can manifest in different ways in your body. You feel in different things, sickness. It's a real thing. And when I expressed to him my story and what I was going through, he said, bro, you've been grieving since you was four. He said, bro, you, you 38? He said, that's, that's 90%, of, 90, 95% of your life. You've right. seen sickness. You've seen too much suffering up close and personal. Right. And it blew my mind because then I said, wow, you've been dealing with a broken heart for most of your life. And you didn't even really realize it because you've just been going, moving, shaking. Yep. But as you get older, that moving and shaking is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> things catch up with you when you get older. They catch up because you yeah. can't keep going like that. And so by me having a vulnerable conversation with this gentleman, the older gentleman, too, is an incredible guy. It made me think about my life and about my own mental health and about others doing the same thing I did, just going. And only thinking grief is for loss. When currently, to today, to this day, I'm grieving a woman that is still alive. She's living, but she's not really living. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently grieving that. And it took me to have that conversation with this gentleman to realize it's not just for the losses. I've been grieving grieving my parents since I was young, being sad that they're sick, being angry that that they're sick, anger, that too. That's the thing. Wondering why, right? And so I say that to say, living in a world where, look at the economy. People are losing their jobs left and right. Not just women, men too, head of households. What do you think that does to men? Because they're they're supposed to be the provider, mm-hmm. protector, all of these things. They're gre- they're grieving, and even if they don't know it, they're grieving this process. They they could have been making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, or, or who, whatever that number is. It's for their family. They have kids. You think they're not panicking right now? The job market is hard. But every day, what's being pumped out in social media? Well, if you can't take me here or there, then you broke. Or if you can't provide for this, then you broke. Or if you can't do this and that, uh-uh. But we don't talk about honesty. We don't talk about real life. What's happening to people out here in this world, and they're grieving this. They're wondering, okay, well, how am I going to provide for, for my kids? My, you know, I got two kids, three kids, whatever it is. I don't care if it's just one. I got a wife. Whatever it is. They're going through it. And you would know more than I. But from what I understand and from what I gather, once you have a wife, kids, the pressure gets elevated to an even more elite level Mm -hmm. where you feel like, and when you lose certain things, especially when it comes to money, jobs, and things like that, when you lose that, the voices in your head get louder. Yo, are you worth it? Are you worthy? What you going to do? How's your wife looking at you? 
How's your kids looking at you? Even if they're not looking at you like this, because there's some women, they're so supportive. So we're not saying that. But it's you versus you. Not even them. They could be looking at you like, you're still the man. Hmm. Your head, like, I'm not the man. And they're looking at me crazy, even though they're not. And for a lot of men, they're going through this right now. Look at the economy. And so it's not, they're grieving. And it's not just about death. It's about everything that's happening to them while they're alive. Right. Yeah. Even even when I was, uh, that brings to, to mind something that I, I learned, uh, a term definitely that I learned when I was going through uh, that you know, my bereavement process. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, it's something I use all the time now. And it's your new normal, you know, mm-hmm. because things aren't normal as they was. So now it's a new normal, you know, and then those new normals keep on happening. You know, like you said, your the first, your first new normal was when you were four. And then a couple of years later it became new again. You know what I'm saying? And even now you mentioned you know, more recently, it just became new again. You know, and so that's even a like you said when we're talking about grief and how it applies to other things, you can grieve the life that you had because your yes. life is not that way anymore. You know what I mean? So now it's you know, this new thing is new and it's different, and you might not like it. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so now you're grieving, like man, like you said, you have those questions, and then we even when we talk about the, the grief wheel, you know, with the emotions that you go through. Uh, definitely in no particular order, but you deal with all those emotions of asking why and then being angry and then trying to figure it out and then saying, why me? You know, you deal with all of that, you know, and even to, like you said earlier about um, if something had to happen to your mom, it would have been your fault. You even go through that emotion like, oh, am I to blame for this thing that that has happened in my life, you know? And mm-hmm. so uh, definitely grief, we, we want to make sure that we are, getting the help that we need, you know, definitely going to therapy if, if needed, definitely going to some kind of uh, grief counseling. Um, and if, if not to do it, even doing it on your own, we're reading books or, you know, doing yeah. things like that. Cause it's definitely a lot of information out there uh, about it, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I think our community needs it. I think they need this conversation, you know, to, for us to be vulnerable and, and talk about our losses and, and the grief that we've, dealt with and, you know, things of that nature. And again, to um, make these safe spaces for other men to be able to feel comfortable enough to say that they're going through some things, you know. And so I, I definitely thank you, uh, man, Terrence, uh, for being on. Uh, before we get out, before we get out of here, I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, uh, your career coaching program uh, uh-huh. that you have. Um, you know, we'll switch it up a little bit. You know, we don't want to end on a down note. No, no, no. Of course, of course. So um, now tell us a little bit about your, your coaching program and uh, what do you, how does it work and how mm-hmm. does people get in contact with you? Yeah, so how they can get in contact with me is go to my website, ttoinspires.com. The coaching program is right there and it'll ask, hey, you know, uh, schedule a free session, you know, and and we'll talk, you know, and, and you know, that's, the one thing about me is whether you book with me or whether you don't, the one thing is I'm pretty sure you'll come out with something positive out of that conversation, whether you book or not, you know, that's, that's, that's the goal. But as far as the career co- coaching part of it goes, you know, we'll go through, you know, just what you're looking for. You know, I mean, there's, there's resume services that I can, that I, that I pro- provide um, interviewing techniques, uh, you know, and just even just job searching too. Uh, sometimes people don't know, you know, properly how to job search properly and things like that. So I kind of take them through all of those things, just depending on what you're looking for. Um, you know, and as far as, as life coaching, you know, the one thing I do tell people about life coaching, it's not therapy. You know, life coaching is geared towards getting you to where you want to be for the future, setting goals and, and creating cur- curriculums to get you to where you want to get to to the future. That's what life coaching is. But if I feel or I assess that listen, that we're, hey, listen, we're talking a lot about past things and we can go through past certain things in the past, but if we're still stuck on certain things, I might refer you to a therapist so that you can work with both of us hand in hand. So you can deal with your past, uh, unpack in a healthy way, 
to get to your future because sometimes you can't get to the future without getting through your past mm-hmm. you know so if you can work on those things simultaneously then we'll do that you know so that's that's how kind of uh i do things with the life coaching and then the career coaching all right all right so again uh terrence i want to thank you for for being on man uh thank you for taking out the time to to have this conversation with me definitely we probably need to do a part two and get into some other stuff you yeah. know uh but I, I appreciate you being on um i want to let you have the last word you know so i want you to leave us with a uh, word of advice inspiration have you have you feel and definitely uh drop your social media um uh, links and things like that so people know where they can get in contact with you so i'll give you a couple minutes uh to think about that um to my listeners um one of the things i i forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast this has been so long so i haven't even been recording in a little while but uh one of the things that i forgot to mention is that you could win a hundred dollars from the podcast and the way that you do that is by entering our super subscriber contest and so what do you need to do you need to first subscribe to our youtube channel our facebook page and our podcast on spotify and after you've done those three things i then i need you to text the word win w-i-n to the number 866-326-0730 uh, to qualify to win $100 from the podcast. The contest is random and it's ongoing, so it never stops. So at any time, once you're in, you can win, right? You can win $100 from the podcast, again, by joining our Super Subscriber Contest, uh, by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, and also our podcast on Spotify. Uh, and you can win $100. Also, make sure that you guys uh, check out, again, like I said, our websites and check out our our uh partner podcast which is the girl dad discussions podcast with conversations that i have with other girl dads of course i'm a girl dad myself um but i have conversations with other girl dads and we're even started to have one some daughters now to talk about their experience with their fathers because we definitely want to get into uh letting people know that we as fathers uh, do exist. And we do have fathers that are in the lives of their daughters and that is pouring into their daughters. And also as part of that, make sure you guys go to the uh, ebooks by ejames.com. That's ebooks by ejames.com and check out the four core, which is the four core values that every daughter should get from her father. That ebook is available um, at ebooks by ejames.com as well as uh, males to men. Uh, which is an ebook about male mentoring for young men as they journey into uh, manhood. And also um, there's one uh, called Forgiving Me, The Four Steps to Self-Forgiveness. Uh, I know we're talking about grief and we're talking a little bit about um, mental health. So that one is a, definitely a big one to help us learn to forgive uh, ourselves, first of all, for some of the things that we hold grudges against ourselves for uh, in the past. So make sure you guys go check that out at ebooksbyejames.com. All right. So Terrence, again, man, let me say thank you for being on. Thank you for uh, having you and taking out the time to be here. Um, let you have the last word. So the floor is yours. Well, first, I just want to thank you for extending the invite to, to me. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And I encourage everyone to tune into these uh, conversations here uh, at the Deal to Heal podcast. Um, very important that we do have these conversations and have a platform, uh, especially with people who look like us. So definitely, definitely appreciate you for having me on. Um, as far as my social medias, um, you can find me on Instagram as at T underscore till underscore inspires. Uh, Twitter at Tell Inspires. Uh, as far as Facebook, it's Conversation of the Heart Podcast. Um, merch line is Tell Inspires. Uh, com. You go to shop and you can get to see all of the uh, positive affirmation merch that we do have there. Um, and, and, and yeah, um, just the podcast conversation of the heart, catch it on YouTube and anywhere where there's a podcast, um, iTunes and Apple and Google, all, all that good stuff. Is, it's all there. Um, and the one thing that I'll say that I'll leave you with, it's, it's you owe yourself everything, you know, like you owe you. And just for me, what that means is if you owe yourself some therapy, get some therapy, right? You owe yourself the best in life, right? And sometimes that starts with you making a decision to say, I don't like what's going on in this mirror. I don't like what's going on in my mind. I need something, right? 
And whether that means setting boundaries with others, with yourself, getting disciplined, just you owe you everything. Um, and we all make mistakes. So give yourself some grace in, in this whole process uh, because none of us have it all together. None of us has an, an answer to everything, you know? So, so definitely give yourself some grace. Don't worry about what's on social media, what you see, because a lot of that's fake, like I said earlier. You know what I mean? Just run your race, live your life, and be the best you that you could possibly be and make the best possible strides, man, because you owe it to yourself. All right, all right. Can't end to know better than that. To my listeners, thank you guys for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, where our mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. So until next time, be blessed. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right, see you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.